0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Doctrines of Rad, the Doctrines of Rad. I'm gonna have to get used to saying that. Uh, a brand new <laughs> podcast brought to you by two of the coolest guys on the internet. Uh, that fact, would be fact. myself, and that would be this guy. Oh, I got to switch to this side. This would be Logan. I got to remember that everything is backwards on my screen. So uh, we are live. This is our first live YouTube episode. So have some grace for us, and uh, please. Yeah, uh, please. Please be nice. So episode two. Uh, yeah, episode two. So we were kind of talking about this earlier. The abortion episode was episode 1.5 because I want to – in order to classify our episodes, I want our weekly episodes to have the numbers, you know, the okay. uh, numbers one, two, three. So that way we know generally in week one we did one episode. Now, if we have a 1.5, that means we did two episodes in one week. So it'll be a way for us to kind of categorize uh our episodes and it maybe it'll be easier for to help people find uh episodes as well. So we talked about abortion at length for about 40 minutes last week. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please yeah. do. Uh, and if you guys have questions at any point in time, we can get your comments uh, just like I got Logan's own comment right there, uh, we can get your comments right on the screen. And uh, quick, a couple quick announcements. We'll do this like a church service. We do have a Twitter page. Uh, we also now have the ability, or you have the ability now, to listen audio only on Spotify, yes. uh, iHeart Radio, Last FM, any any place that does that hosts podcasts. You should be able to now. Uh, get that audio version. So, um, we wanted to make it as easy for everybody as you can. Uh, again, if you have any, excuse me, any questions that you have or any comments that you uh, add during the live, I will try to put them up there, but drop the comments below. Check out our weekly stuff. And I wanted to open up this episode real quick with uh, so here's again going, Logan, how, how I, I see this podcast going. Hmm. As as relevant things come up, I think we need to address them. I think we – as cultural, societal things come up, there will be uh, moments where we should address uh, to some level uh, what's yeah. going on. And so I was on a podcast called Sibling Revelry last week, and I was one of four panelists. I was the only pro-life panelist, and the discussion Shame. was on abortion. Uh, hmm. But to God be the glory, uh, it was a good conversation, but the one of the pro-choice positions – Brought up the uh, a very interesting argument that I hadn't heard before. When it comes to uh, when does life begin? So you know, we both believe that life begins at conception. Right. Uh, however, she she tried to use scripture to say that when God had breathed life into Adam, that that was that is indicative of when life begins in a human being. Uh, kind of ipso facto leading to until a baby takes its first breath it is no longer a human being uh and it's not something i obviously from from the jump i knew that i didn't agree with it but i didn't have enough time to process it and i wasn't quite ready for that Mm. uh that type of response but you and i uh thankfully got to talk about it just a little bit earlier today and you i want to let you lead off on this because you brought up a really great uh, response to the idea that breath or that life starts upon breath based off of God doing that for Adam. So go yeah, ahead and, yes. and knock us out of the park with that one.
1: So first off, let's not take advice from atheists or agnostics reading scripture, right? Uh, it takes right. an act of the Holy spirit revealing scripture to us first to actually understand it. Right. Sure. We have a heart of stone and now we need a heart of flesh to know God uh, in truth. Um, but it's a false equivalency, right? We're taking, if we follow the story correctly, God has taken a creature of the dirt and breathing life into him and bringing him to life, right? But God has designed a system at which man mm. comes into being, right? A system at which we will reproduce. Mm-hmm. And that, that they are not the same, right? Adam isn't even the same as Eve, right? He's formed from the dirt. She's formed from his rib. right? Right. Um, and both of them are breathing. Right. And we and we talked about this a little bit earlier. They're, they're breathing. Um, sure. so Sure. I'll, I'll give I'll give it. Let's let's give her the topic. Right. Or Let's give her that, uh, that her um, assumption that she has made. Uh, OK, they're breathing and there's obviously oxygen in blood. And that same oxygen is traveling from the mother throughout uh, into the into the fetus, into the baby, into the uh, womb to give that child life so regardless whether you hold yeah. the position that it's at conception or uh, at first breath that first breath is occurring and it's the same first breath that occurred with adam so
0: yeah because i mean really the thought is and and i think you just did so well to explain that the 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 singular instance of god creating life creating adam and eve is a very unique experience in comparison to the gift that god has given human beings to procreate and make life it, uh, we we aren't creating uh children out of clay and then breathing into them so it's it you can't it's it's a very yeah i, I think it just i'm trying to yeah. further you know s- substantiate your argument a little bit yeah it's a false equivalency and
1: and let, let's take a woman that has you know she's 36 months pregnant or 36 weeks pregnant excuse me right? Are we going to really sit there and say, because that child that's moving inside of her, kicking, turning, right. feeling, right, they can hear, but it isn't living because it hasn't taken a breath? Like, are we really going to hold that position? Right. And that's well, why they, that's why that they move to a viability
0: is- well, the viability argument again, I think, is easily overcome too. I, I shared <laughs> I shared something with you that uh, I think maybe was a little bit confusing when I shared this tweet uh, that I had, and I, I don't have a picture of it right now, but it said something along the lines of, um, "It uh, if we believe that Jesus is fully God and fully man, then if if a life in the womb is not a life at conception, then there was a point in time." that Jesus, the man, was not fully man.
1: Oh, because they're saying life begins at birth in the tweet?
0: They are agreeing with our position. Okay, They're trying you. to add, uh, they're adding uh, a little bit more ammunition to it, saying that, uh, you know, theologically speaking, if, if if Jesus was fully God and fully man when he was in the womb, if there was a point in which he was not a human being yet... Then what was he?
1: Yeah. And that just solidifies that if you're a Christian, um, the pro-life position is biblical. Um, And I I pray that you – I get it. Like we we feel for people. We feel for their circumstances. We we hurt with them. Um, It's not easy to be a 16-year-old girl pregnant, um, and you thought you had your whole life in front of you, and now it's been completely flipped upside down. Uh, and I mean, that that's only, what is it, uh, between the ages of 15 to 32 is the most, um, mm. is the age group with the most uh, abortions. Um, and I get it, right? Your circumstances make, make things harder, but it doesn't change the simple fact. And every argument that I've been getting recently on TikTok is the simple fact that, is it a human being at conception? Is it alive? Right. And if it is, then we honor that and we protect that because subsequently if we don't we then tarnish our own like our own value and our own worth we no longer are worthy because if it's not worthy at that stage of development what makes it worthy at 40 years old or 50 years old or 30 years old right
0: absolutely and uh you know i said to i said to this woman at the end of it and, and and i feel like well, all, all three of the other panelists kind of were, were definitely seeing things differently from me. But at the end of the day, I think we ended on uh, life is worth protecting and life is valuable. And so let's just uh, focus on being, you know, of considering life and, and giving it its proper honor um, by taking care of people at any stage of life, whether it's prior yeah. to birth after birth, you know, in the, in their old age or whatever, I think life is valuable and we should just, all life is sacred. So Absolutely. cool. So we, we, we discussed that. I'm glad we got that out of is, has there been any, anything that's been kind of like niggling at you that you want to talk about this week that you've had to address? I've seen you, you've been, you've been talking a lot about abortion, which I, I think is great, you know, cause this is, it needs to be talked about. Has there been any, uh, additional things that you wanted to touch on real quick before we get on to today's topic, yeah, now,
1: just focus on the main thing being the main thing, right so they're going to bring up well does that mean you're uh anti death penalty does that mean you're pro health care for universal health care right. all of that every uh, the circumstance or you know it, does that mean that you're going to start your own orphanage and all this all of that has nothing to do with the premise is it a human being at conception is it life it is is it made in the imago dei and if it is then we protect it and we honor it as such that is the image of god and we don't just sacrifice it at the altar of moloch right we do not do that
0: to be fair let me let me say so siblings in here that's probably paul that's in here uh paul to be fair uh i do feel like you took you definitely played devil's advocate in the midst of it so if I, if anything i would say that uh, I felt like there was a one moment where I felt like I was getting a little bit ganged up on when it came initially to the, the conversation was, you know, the, the, the opposing view was, was using Scripture to kind of justify her position. And what I couldn't get past, what the hardest part for me to get past was, if you don't believe in God, why is Scripture relevant at all? To anybody, I mean, it, it's just interesting when somebody would go to Scripture, uh, when they don't hold any of the other parts of Scripture to be holy and, and serious, but they would use a piece of Scripture uh, to justify their position. I just didn't feel like there was enough to back that up, but it's okay. Uh, I, I want to be fair to you since you're watching. Uh, I do think that that's, uh, that's a fair position to say. is uh, I, You are pro-life. That's not fair for me to say that it was three against one, so... Uh, I will I will end it. I will leave it at that. Uh, okay, so we were going to discuss today our evolution of theology. Yeah. So, um, Logan and I are both reformed uh, theologically, meaning that uh, we subscribe to the five points of Calvinism, uh, and and probably other uh ref, you know reformed type doctrines and creeds. So we're going to discuss a yeah. little bit of, of how we got there. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week. Just towards the end, we talked about the five points of, of Calvinism Tulip. Uh, and I don't think we're going to go into depth on this one. But what Logan suggested, and I like his idea, uh, is if we each took if, – if he kind of asks me some questions, we each took about 30 minutes uh, of our own story – and how we evolved theologically from where we started to where we are now. And in that we give our testimony too, because it kind of brings, it'll bring about like what kind of churches that we've been in and uh, what kind of situations that we've been put in. Does that sound right? Yeah, what, right.
1: yeah sound absolutely. I, I do want to add one thing. So yes. um, Re- reformed theology does have its own diversity within it, right? And, you know, reformed churches will um, disagree in some areas, but there's three main things that they all hold and it's the three C's. You're a Calvinist, you're covenantal. You believe in covenant theology, and you're uh, confessional. You hold to, or your church holds to, a confession of some kind, um, either uh, you know Westminster, uh, 1689 London Baptist Confession. Um, those three things kind of separate Reformed believers within Protestant uh, Protestantism uh, mm. against the backdrop of the rest of the Protestant spectrum. Um, but yes, everything else.
0: I, yeah, we're good cool. to go. Cool. So I got I'll start off with my testimony. You can ask uh to get more clarification as we go. So right, let's, cool. let's start the timer. We're starting at about 13 minutes in. I don't want to go too far over cuz I want to keep our show within an hour for now, uh especially because we uh with with the hosting services we can host up to I think 4 hours of podcast at a nice. per month. So, uh okay, nice. here we go. I Grew up Catholic. Um, I acknowledged God. I knew about Jesus. My my family acknowledged that Jesus was God, and mm. I was an altar boy. Uh, I went through catechism. I went through a couple of the different stages. I never got fully confirmed. Uh, my dad is still currently um, a, a lay person within Catholicism, within the Catholic Church. Practicing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if I were to say... It, it, and this is probably a hopeful statement but uh if there are catholics that are saved i believe my dad is one of them yeah. um i i believe and and i think that this can go across the board because a i have no responsibility over who's saved uh it's not for me to decide so uh but when i see my the, the fruit of my father when i hear when he confesses christ's lordship i do under, you know there there's something that rings true about that and it could just be hopeful for me but um, yeah i think
1: um, i think there's a that i think we both would agree that there are people within the catholic church who are saved right that are mm-hmm. truly trusting in the uh, saving work of jesus christ yeah. um and maybe we can have somebody on one day but it is a works-based uh uh gospel um, yes so yeah. but i believe there are people that the holy spirit a remnant that has separated for the separated for himself um and they 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 can be saved.
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Shepherd. And I see it, and I will ask. We'll we will talk about that. Let's let's wait and hold till the end of my thing. But I will bring up. He asks or she asks, yeah. I'm sure. What are your main issues with Catholicism, in your opinion? Yeah, and that may we may actually want to even save it for a different podcast. Uh, but uh, I'll I'll tell you the one the one major one that I have the 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 biggest disagreement with is in the lineage of Pope – I don't even know how they, they describe it. The, the, the Pope's lineage being directly from Peter and then a Pope having the same authority. At, when they speak, uh, they speak with the same authority as Scripture. That's, that is one of the main things that Catholics believe. Um, and, uh, and quite frankly, the praying, praying to anybody but Jesus is very – to me, it's, it's idolatry. And I do understand why they do it. Uh, I still believe it's idolatry. Um, and so, but again, you know, I have idols. You know, I've made political people idols. I've made pastors idols in my life. You know, I, I am in the business of tearing down idols. And I think uh, true Christians being sanctified should also be in the business of tearing down idols yeah. in their lives. Um, Amen. So started off Catholic, rejected it. Pretty much after my parents divorced, my mom uh, raised me up uh, to be very uh, universal, Unitarian, kind of like spiritual, new-agey pyramids and crystals and rocks. Uh, I grew up thinking that uh, pyramids had power, uh, that they had healing power, that crystals had healing power. I've had yogis and and spiritualists pray over me when I had cancer when I was five years old. So Uh, all new age. All very new age stuff, yeah. My uh, so um, very much, you know, power. We're all one in the facet of you know we are all one. We can you know figure out to manipulate our life around us. Kind of like the Matrix, you know. It just if you break if you can tune in to the right frequency, you basically can control everything around you. So there's that idea. Uh, So as a kid, you know, that's a very confusing. Those are two very polarizing and very confusing thought processes oh man I almost thought that you were falling over <laughs> but uh, no you're good uh, so I rejected God and religion pretty much at about oh gosh probably about age 17 16 or 17 just rejected it you know in the back of my head I feel like I always like knew like there was a creator I always accepted yeah. that there was something bigger than me but I just I I, I think if if I thought that my dad and my mom couldn't figure it out, then nobody would be able to figure it out. So I kind of just rejected it. And uh, it was, I was about almost 21 years old and I was on the USS Blue Ridge in Yokosuka, Japan. One of my first, uh, my first tour in the Navy, first ship in the Navy. And uh, I was reading a, a series of books called the left behind series, which is a, um a post tribulation kind of fantastical end times rapture book right and it's and i don't even agree with the eschatology anymore i'm not even on the same page as it but but listen the gospel was very clear in the book mm. the gospel of jesus christ that jesus is lord and that he saves sinners was just pronounced throughout the book and it was that book that caused me to ask the question whose side am i on Where do I fit? You know, and I was a kid that was, you know, I, all I wanted to do was drink and meet girls and go out to these foreign ports. Like I didn't care. Uh, I didn't have any interest in, in a religion or pleasing a God or anything. I was 20. I was just turning 21. Um, and, uh, I just knew that I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't deny it, man. Like I yeah. literally could not deny that I knew who Jesus was. I just, I understood, I knew who he was. I knew he was Lord. And I knew that, I knew that committing to him meant everything. It, it meant literally giving up everything in my life to follow Jesus. Uh, and at the, at the time I thought of myself a lot like the, you know, a Peter, um, you know, throwing down, uh, was it Peter that, no, it was uh, the two fishermen. No, it was Peter. Uh, it was Peter and Matthew when Jesus first came to him. Anyway, whoever the disciples yeah. were that were fishing that dropped their nets <laughs> and left and followed Jesus, that's how I felt in the moment where I was just – I was I was ready to give up everything. It didn't matter because it was real, and I just yeah, – so, I finally understood it.
1: Yeah, Peter, Andrew, and I think uh, John, um, John and his brother James were both all there, the sons of Zebedee.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was kind of my mentality. Or at least is close by. I believe it. I accept. I accept it. All as truth. I just it, it's it just made sense. It's like yep, yep. This is it. This is <laughs> this is it. This is true. And uh, so uh, I started off in a very charismatic, very Pentecostal church, mm. uh, speaking in tongues. A lot mm. of power of the Holy Spirit. A lot of gifts of the Holy Spirit. I got. I got to ask because I, I have every spoken Pente- in tongues. <laughs> I was have, it real? Uh, that is to be debated. Uh, on, you know, <laughs> within frankly. within yourself, right? Like you, so, you, you ask yourself. It's well, yeah, it because I mean, when I when I did it, I was still a very young, immature Christian. I didn't know much theologically, but mm. when I did it, it was with the genuine int- intention of I just want to communicate with God, and if this is mm. what makes me communicate with God better, then I'll do it and I'll try it. Right. Okay. So I, I reject tongues now, but I can't explain away that experience, you know, in, in, in getting me to where I am to the point that I'm at. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of baby steps that we make, just like Paul says, you know, for a while you guys were take we're drinking milk, but you got to move on to the meat. You can't stay on the milk, you know, forever. That's and, nice. uh, so yeah, I mean putting laying out of hands, um, Praying in tongues, speaking in prophecy, uh, you know, hearing what I would consider a word from the Lord, and then passing that on to somebody else—stuff uh, like that happened. Dancing, which you know, to me, I think dancing is great. I, I'm not a anti-dancer guy. I'm not, you know, that Baptist. Uh, I think <laughs> if look if the spirit if 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 the the spirit of the Lord shows up at your church and you want to drop a little bit of a jig to celebrate that God, that Jesus has saved you. I'm not going to complain, dude. I'm not that guy. Uh, We had a church that uh, we were in once that considered themselves to be charismatic with seatbelts on, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I think is, uh, was, was a good transition for us. But anyway, so uh, it wasn't until within the, probably the last eight years that, uh, I just, I just felt like there, there was something missing. There's some, I, I still wasn't satisfied in my study, uh, and what kept, what kept hitting me, what kept coming back was predestination. Mm. The, the, the terminology predestination just come, it just kept hitting me and hitting me and hitting me. Shepard says shots fired. <laughs> uh, so uh, I kept thinking about predestination and uh didn't think much of it just kind of was like oh it's weird that it's in there like i need to, i need to wrestle with this i need to i need to to come to terms with why it's mentioned and why we don't talk about it and i did uh, for a while and i lost a good friend for a year um, i was i had posted a video on facebook and it was a it was a video of a church service where a whole bunch of people were quote unquote slain in the spirit OK, mm. uh, speaking in tongues. There was a lot of like people laying on the ground, stuff like that. And I had posted this and I don't know why I posted it. I don't know if I was posting it to, to get a response, to get a reaction or what. But a friend of mine named Nick basically was like, it's heresy. I pray that they all repent or something like that. He, he, he said something along those lines. And I was like, how dare you, dude? Like, yeah. who are you to – to say that that's not God. Like I that's the mindset that I was in, right? Like who are you to say that what they're experiencing isn't God or isn't godly? Uh who yeah. are you to say that that's, you know, demonic or whatever the things? I was very frustrated. because we had a conversation offline where he was basically, you know, he had a very high view of scripture. He uh he felt very strongly about God's sovereignty and he felt like People were making a mockery of what the scriptures say. And so for me, I was like, well, you're negating the experience. Mm. So I didn't want to have anything. I I got mad, dude. I got mad for a whole year. I blocked him. I was done. I was like, I'm not going to like what a, what a evil person to say that you're a Christian, but to say that about other people that are coming and claiming Jesus. Right. It, It bothered me. And, uh, so we were going to this church called the Bridge, and it was in Bremer, uh, in Lake Stevens, Washington, uh, Snohomish County. Beautiful church, uh, one of the most unchurched places in the United States. Uh, that area of Washington, uh, and uh, I, uh, I walked up to my pastor and I said, "I said, Daniel, um, I'm really struggling with predestination. I'm really dealing with this. Like, it's in the Bible. Somebody needs to." Ex- help me out. Like what yeah. is going on? And uh, he said, I got the perfect guy for you to talk to. There was one of the other guy. I don't know if he was an elder in the church uh, looking back at, I don't know, but he definitely could have been an elder. He was definitely qualified. Uh, and his name was, I believe Ron. And he came over to my house and we sat down and we talked about it. And I said, I just want to understand like how you can believe that God say like only saves those he wants to save i don't understand that why Mm. why isn't anybody can turn on belief anybody can believe in jesus anybody that wants to should be able to and then he was like yeah but they don't want to (laughs) and i was like what are you talking about how do you know like how do you know that they don't want to like everybody's got this god-shaped hole in them Because this was doctrinally like my idea is like if everybody has an opportunity to be saved and all they have to do is flip some sort of switch in their brain, then why isn't everybody doing that? And I'm still wrestling with it. I'm like, you can preach the gospel till you're blue in the face to somebody and they will look at you with a blank stare or they will walk off like they never heard it or didn't, you know, it doesn't register. So how is this happening? How is that possible? And – as I began my journey and one of the major questions was well if if Calvinism is true why should I evangelize what's the per, what's why should I even share the gospel if God picks and chooses who he wants why what was is your he called? what was your answer like well in, my answer what's was your, I guess what's your answer now I have a great answer, answer now name? but uh, I the answer that I got was read this book and the book <laughs> that I got was called Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J I Packer okay nice. and It answers the exact question, all right? So essentially, the best way I can describe it is the Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation, Hmm. all right? The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And what is the gospel? That we're sinners, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin because we couldn't save ourselves, and those who believe in him shall be saved. That's the gospel. It's easy, it's simple. It doesn't take apologetics. It doesn't take uh, a presentation, doesn't take PowerPoint. It's the gospel. I and, do always like
1: to add one thing to it always that we sure. have an advocate with the father who is Jesus, Oh, sure. The, the, oh, the absolutely of imputation. I, I just always like to add that because I just always
0: for well, me cause you I you What than me. happened on That's no? It's fine. <laughs> fine. I just whatever you whatever you whatever. What do you say, Logan? Tell me how you tell me how your gospel is better than mine. <laughs> I just I'm I just love kidding. adding imputations. Yeah, no, too. I get it. There's yeah. a lot of important. You, it's so you can. Dude, it, the word of God, the, the good news is living and active. Mm. Like you can literally talk about it. You could say it in a thousand different ways and it's just as poignant and just as powerful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I was like, well, what's the, the point? And it's like, well, because God calls you to. And I was oh, like, sorry. but what do you – like that's it? Like that's the easy answer? Yes, because God tells you to go into all the world to teach – teaching people about Jesus and baptizing them in his name, sharing the gospel, go into all the world. God calls us to do it. It's a mandate from him. And if you truly believe in the God of the Bible, then why don't you believe, then why don't you listen to what he's telling you to go into the nations to share the gospel? Uh, And so the answer is because God says so. And if you And ultimately, at the end of the day, if you acknowledge that this God is a holy and righteous God that has a very specific order for everything that he does, a very specific reason uh, and a, a natural order for the way that things work. If you accept that and you know that God is all powerful, all knowing, then you do the things that he asks you to do and you trust in where he says it. And to be quite frank, it was like. I never thought that I saved anybody. I never I never thought that I ever said, you know, like that there was anything that I did that would saved anybody. So when it was when it was really whittled down to the fact that God saves people. Mm-hmm. God save them. Mm-hmm. God God changes their like we as believers, whether you believe as a Calvinist or not, you believe that God softens the heart. Why do non-Calvinists pray that God softens the heart of the unbeliever? Because it needs to be softened because they can't soften it themselves because we already acknowledge that God is the only one that saves. God is the only one that activates anything to get somebody started in that faith uh, journey. Yeah, It's it's simply an act of obedience. You have
1: been called to do something, and if you truly have made Christ the Lord over your life, you do it. Um, And he is going to use you as a means to bring forth their salvation right um you know faith comes by hearing right
0: and hearing so, comes and, by the word of god a- amen right so he and how will they hear do- unless somebody is sent and how will they be sent unless they have been called that's it's all scripture man it starts with the calling it's The, all that hears the right calling. Yep. it's all right there yep all right there absolutely so that's it, man. I mean, I'm at the point now. Uh, look. So so, I, you, so you had predestination
1: explained, and then yeah. from that moment, charismania just went out the window. Uh,
0: you became
1: a, a hot... You just started having a higher view of God's sovereignty?
0: I definitely have a higher view of God's sovereignty, um, but... From that moment, though? I think so, because I it felt like that was the key that unlocked, like, what I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out. Like, once I once I could see that in scripture, it was a lot easier to accept the rest of scripture, especially with the authority of scripture. Like I, I acknowledge that scripture was authoritative, but when you, when you look at it as a sovereign, like this God wrote the story here. So here's, here's another thing that I was struggling with. It's like, when does God find out who's saved? Right? Like nobody could answer that question. Like when does God find out who's saved? If it's up to us, if salvation is up to us to turn to to turn our beliefs on, to turn our faith on, if it's up to us to do that, then when does God find out? Does God find out that we're saved later? Does did God did God like throw a bunch of dice and like hope for the best scenario? Or yeah. Did God actually write every small specific detail of the one scenario that we're in because this one brings him the most glory? And to me, if I serve a God that is all powerful, all knowing, everywhere, omnipresent, all of those things, then he doesn't find out who saved. He saves people. He doesn't find out. He doesn't wake up and find out. Drew got saved today. I'm so glad that he finally accepted me. I mean, like, what the heck? What kind of weak? I I don't want to curse, but what kind of weak God waits for you to accept him? What God is worth – is that God worth serving? But, Drew, that's because he's given me free
1: will, and it's a gift.
0: Oh, yeah, we can talk and about that, it. I'm, I'm always, kind of a because
1: the, the Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, a, I, I'm a compatibilist, right? Because I see yeah. like free will, and I also see that there's yeah. things that motivate us in determinism, right? Um, For sure. So I'm right there in the middle. Um, but the, the the view
0: that lukewarm, God – Lukewarm, talent- basically. Lu- Just say you're <laughs> lukewarm, dude. It's cool. <laughs>
1: God looks down their view is that God looks down the corridor of time, right. sees you, sees you accept the gospel, then he goes back and then he puts things in place to help you accept the gospel right, right. and it's as if it's as if that foreknowledge of you doing it means that you're his elect and that you somehow have control over your salvation because that's what it does it puts right. the it puts the belief in the or the ability to believe back into the hands of of the of the person of the sinner who is dead in their sin versus God doing the work alone. Well
0: listen, if you believe all the stuff that you just said then Doctor Strange the multiverse of madness is a great movie for you because it's uh-huh. weird and it's fantasy. And you know what? Fantasy sells. And fantasy is great, but fantasy isn't reality. And again, if you believe in a sovereign, all-powerful God that knows ever either He knows everything or He doesn't. If He doesn't know anything, He's not a very good God. I got
1: asked today, or somebody made the statement in a way to stab at me um, on my video that said, "Logan believes that God—it is God's will for people to be
0: poor," and I can't wait to respond to this comment. Um, I think that's yes. crazier that people would think that it's God wills to be rich. God's will to be rich dude what's wrong with people what is wrong with dude well, it, Sproul, what's it, it, wrong with you people <laughs> <laughs> i'm serious well i'm tired yeah, of you. you because they have such a low view of god it is a low it's view a low of view of god view, right? yes um, and, but yeah. it's look it's we have to be careful because I, i'm already hearing i'm already hearing the objections and let's please take a moment logan and explain when we say that you have a low view of god we are not trying to insult you, okay? Yeah. I had a low view of God. I did, okay. I came up. I had. I did not embrace reform theology. I. I thought very much uh, that that God. You know, I, I. I didn't believe one saved always saved for a very long time. It was very hard for me to accept that. And there's a lot of people on on Earth right now that don't believe that they're saved eternally, sealed by the Holy Spirit. I had no peace guys. Let me just tell you this. All right, before reformed theology, I didn't and your shirt's perfect for it, but yeah. I did not have peace. Okay? I thought that I could lose my salvation. I would get stressed out when I would share the gospel and the people around me were not responding to it. It was it's very stressful when you think that you could misstep sharing the gospel and somebody could be damned to hell. Like mm. s- seriously, that's a s- that's stressful, and it's not comforting. Yep. And if God is the God of peace, there's no peace in not having eternal salvation. I'm sorry, but there's no person on earth that thinks that they can lose their salvation that is at peace. There, You, you couldn't – that's a lie, dude. There's no possible way that anybody like that exists.
1: Yeah. And so when we say a low view of God, what we're saying is that you put man or our free will to somehow be equivalent to the sovereignty of God, right? right? And that's a low view of God because man, although we have autonomy, right, Um, in the sense that we're self-lawed because, look, I'm I'm doing this. I'm making myself wiggle my arms, right? Logan is doing that. However, I am not – If man is free, God is more free. That's how I want to explain that, right? God is truly autonomous. He answers to no one. But I cannot act and do things on my own. He quite literally is the breath in my lungs. I woke up a Christian this morning because he said so. He sustains yeah. my faith. And yes. when we say we have a high view of God, we're lowering man. And that really is the premise of my entire systematic theology is that man mm. is made less of, and God is glorified in everything.
0: Yeah. Let me, let, what is the verse, uh, let me become debased that God might be glorified? It's if something. If you're along me to line. quote it, I'm I'm gonna fail you, dude. You're the worst <laughs> Christian in the world. What are you here for? <laughs> you're
1: the worst pastor ever. Give me chapter. I verse it's right in now. the
0: Bible somewhere. It's like I'm sure, like Jesus wrote it. Or I'm something. not a KJV only guy, man. I can't <laughs>
1: quote it off the top of my head. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Hey, do you know ESV what you know what it stands for? That's English you know why most refor- most reformed people use it why <laughs> it's the extra saved version
1: <laughs> remember if you go you don't have to be a calvinist to go to heaven right you don't have to be reformed but you will be a janitor you
0: will be a janitor you... <laughs> be the lowest there of are, these we
1: will work in heaven <laughs> guys, and I, somebody commented to you.
0: <laughs> somebody commented on the last video saying i guess i'll be stuck with my paper crown <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's hilarious
1: that is awesome
0: yeah I said, well, Uh, we'll help you make your paper crown. Don't worry. So Um, you want me to go into into my spirit? Yeah, uh, I think we're good. Uh, I think that was a good amount of time. Let's talk about you.
1: All right, so I, I so I believe everybody lives on a spectrum, and we take hard stances in one place or another. Uh, but for the most of majority of my Christian walk as a teenager, I was antinomian, which was this idea that I didn't have to obey Christ because I was washed by the blood of Christ. We call those free gracers, or or during huh. Calvin's time, was the libertines, right? These people that would just live in their Christian liberty and do whatever they wanted. Um, and be in the world, and of the world, and not really have reverence for, for Christ. And so I, I was always like torn inside, where part of me wanted to honor God with everything I had, but the other part of me was still very much a part of this world. Um, in college, there was this one moment where my buddy, who was just doing his best to honor God in every way, um, and God really put him in my life to show me uh, what he expected of me by by him, right? His walk actually helped me have a ton of conviction. Um, I remember I didn't want to give up going to the party scene, nightclub scene in college because I wanted to, it was fun. I wanted to be a part of it. And I knew if I was really going to walk with Christ, I had to, I really had mm. to start separating myself from that. Um, it wasn't until a girl dumped me because she said, Logan, I don't think you're saved. She dumped me. Wow. <laughs> so, but it made me ask the question, am I saved? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, God put this church in my place or in in my, you know, that I I ended up going to like he put it in my way. Uh, In the first sermon I went and watched, uh, I sat up front because I have ADHD. Right. Like, well, at least undiagnosed. I assume I do. Um, But I I always sit up front because I can't focus. Right. And he's like, well, if you don't believe you're once saved, always saved. And I was like, well, I'm out of here. I was about to get up and walk out of the church. But because I was up front and the girl I liked was there, I figured I'd stay. Um, and it was, it was in that moment that I realized there's some peace that can come behind acknowledging the fact that it was Christ's work that saved me, not what I'm doing. So I went from a, an antinomian Christian walk where I was just living free under the blood of Jesus and making less of it, making it look like, like it wasn't worth the gift that it was, um, to very legalistic, um, and it became really hard for me to break that because I was like, well, I got to work hard. I got to work hard. I want to honor what Christ has done for me. Um, and I always failed. And I remember one day I was driving. I'm already in the army at this point. Um, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I'm a first lieutenant by this point. Um, I've already met my wife, and I'm, and I'm like, man, I'm not going to church enough. And I, I just sat there. and I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Hmm. I can't. I can't achieve. I can't do all of this. I'm trying, and I fail every single day. Um, And that moment in the car brought me back to another sermon um, that that pastor did. And during that once saved, always saved, he kind of hit on John 6, John 10. um, And then the the very next memory I have of him preaching was Romans 9.
0: Mm.
1: And Romans 9 basically sealed it in for me to... Start moving towards reform theology. So this is this is in 2013 when I hear this sermon, and it takes all the way up until 2016, 2017 for me to think back on it and go, "Okay, I need to I need to actually take time to study this because if it's truly what Christ has done for me, mm. then I, I I can rest in the assurance of what." uh what Christ like what he's done and just trust him. But that yeah. doesn't bring me to a reformed faith, right? That just brings me to understand if you're saved, then you're always saved that he's going to preserve his right. saints, right? He's going to the good work that he has begun in you, he's going to see it through to completion. Um, I began to just start asking really tough questions on what does it mean for God to be sovereign and holy. And honestly, it, for me it was the same thing predestined right his elect and I had to come to terms with this idea that like um, uh, what is it uh limited atonement. Yeah. Um, I, I, I sat there thinking like this isn't fair mm. right like it, like so the, the, just people that aren't elect go to hell right yeah. and I had to really like understand what God's doing in the process of electing individuals and should. Keep you know re- keeping a remnant for himself yeah um, and I just worked through it that if I wanted fair then we all go to hell um and he gives he yeah. gives life to those he he regenerates those that he has predestined and that his elect and um i I really for the for the audience I want to read john six forty four right go for So it. Jesus is Jesus is talking to the Pharisees um And I'm going to start at verse 41, and he's trying to explain to them that he is the bread of life, right? That he is the bread from heaven. Um, And he says, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. And it was that that settled in me. And I realized it's he who did it. He yep. brought me to life. I was a dead sinner. He regenerated me. He brought me to faith. And the, you know, the, the cry of the Reformation is obviously that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. Uh, but that regeneration precedes faith. And it was in that moment that I truly just trusted Jesus.
0: Yeah. Um and, it's interesting but... the lim- limited atonement was not hard for me to accept. It Yeah, was... well, I mean it was, I'm not saying it was hard. It was just mm. unfair in my mm. my perspective. I had to change
1: that for me to fully accept uh the the doctrines of grace.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it was the hardest part for my wife was children. The idea of children. Uh Especially our children. We have four. And so, you know, it's interesting how we worked that out because I said, well, babe, do we save them? Like, we we know, like, practically, we know that we can't – like, we don't stand before God for our kids. We don't. We don't have – no one does. No one stands before God for, for us. We stand before God mm. individually. Jesus does, right? Mm. Come on, so man. Preach, so, preacher. <laughs> so – if we don't stand before God for our kids, then we don't save them. And if what does save them, the gospel, God does, how does he save them through the gospel? So Mm -hmm. what do we do? What's our obligation to teach them the ways of God, to teach them the gospel, to share the truth of the gospel with them. So the way that I think that I was able to come to some peace over, uh, you know, God's elect and God's chosen was the fact that, if my kids living in my home, hearing the gospel literally every day, that's not a, maybe on average it's every day, but we talk about Jesus a lot. We talk about doctrine a lot. We talk about the truth of scripture a lot. The gospel is very much, I mean, Jesus is actively a family member in our home. We treat Mm. it as if he is here living with us in person. Um, And so if they don't, if they don't believe, then there is a real reason that God didn't save them, and I just have to accept that. Like, and I do accept that because I'm doing everything within my power as if I did have the ability to save them but knowing that God is the one that does that. And I used to have this saying called, sleep like an Armini- – uh, preach like an Arminian, sleep like a Calvinist. Yeah. So you preach the gospel as if every word that you say, it, it could save – someone could activate that faith in somebody you preach and you share the gospel like like it's so important that everything you say is correct but you rest easy at night knowing that it is god who saves Mm. so you don't have to lose sleep over it
1: yeah
0: um and this might sound crazy to what's up doug how you doing brother hope ask any questions if you got any questions about what we're talking about man ask away appreciate having you here though go ahead logan I'm coming in late, in fairness. I'm still at work,
1: but happened to see the stream notification. Happy Monday, fellas. Thanks for being here, brother. We do appreciate it. Yeah, so it.
0: Doug and Paul, those were the two guys. Uh, I believe this may be Doug from the podcast. If it's not you, Doug, from the podcast, uh, either way, we're, we're still happy to have you here. Uh, hopefully, you, you get caught up and uh, can catch this later. Go ahead, Logan. What else you got, brother?
1: So I was just going to say, there comes a moment um, – in your Christian walk where um, where you believe God, right, and you have faith in him. And faith goes from the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen to just trusting, trusting him, right? It becomes an action. It becomes where you just kind of sit back and you just say, you know what? You are a sovereign, holy, righteous, just, all-loving, all-good, all-knowing, all-powerful God. And I'm just going to surrender to that. And, and, yeah. and that moment of trust is just beautiful where you just submit and say, you know what? Jesus is either on the throne or he isn't, right? right. If, he, if he's not on the throne, then one day the sun's going to explode, and all of this was for nothing anyway. So what does it matter what we do? He was a, then Jesus lied. He died for nothing. War, there's no hope for mankind. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what we do. Or he's on the throne. You can trust that. And when he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, you can take that to the bank.
0: Yeah, and you are saved. So, um, so- I think a lot of people think of God like picture in your minds you're building a stack of Jenga blocks, okay? Mm-hmm. And as you're building this this intricate stack of Jenga blocks, the smallest little thing knocks starts to knock it over. And so many people I feel view God like he's in the midst of this panic of trying to fix these Jenga blocks from toppling over, like he's just constantly moving. Uh, You know, have you ever seen the movie Bruce almighty with, uh, Mm -hmm. with Jim Carrey? So, -hmm. you know, the part where he's, he's getting overwhelmed because he's trying to answer everybody's prayers. Yeah. Automates that email. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like panicking, right? (laughs) Well, like that's, that's not, that's not a God worth following. That is, is, Uh, constantly having to self-correct or make corrections. And uh, I tell you what, a God worth worshiping, a God worth exalting is one that has written a story that Mm. has made you a character in that story. You are a person in a purposeful story that God has written to bring about the most glory to himself. And you play a vital role in that no matter what you do. You play a vital role in God's story And You are going to either be in agreement You're either going to go And and when, when faced With the inevitable death That we all experience You'll be face to face with the creator God And you will be judged According to whether or not Jesus Christ stands Before you That's it Period yeah. Either Jesus died for all of your sin, or he didn't. It's sufficient. It's yeah, and it's complete, and it is finished. Yeah.
1: So the, the when there was there was a moment in that struggle of of my my uh, legalism where I was trying to just achieve uh, my salvation, and I finally sat back and trusted Him. That I realized, you know what? If I go to hell, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. I, I accepted it because I recognized that I was a sinner and I recognized that God is going to get the most glory the, all out of all the worlds. God could have created. This is the one he created. This is the one we're in and he is in control of it and he Amen. is going to receive the most glory. So when Jesus says there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, gnashing of teeth is this idea of grunging your teeth together and shaking your fist at, mm-hmm. at your opponent. Right. Um I'll be the one weeping
0: yeah I think I, I had to come to the same conclusion man and I wonder if that's just uh, a natural uh, point of maturity for believers but I I really do conclude that if if I' if I'm not saved I accept that yeah. I trust God so much that if I'm wrong I don't care well, I, and you I, want I, him to be glorified you' you're you it's not about you. It's about right. him. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's again, it's his story. And I think, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I've had to wrestle with that. That's a very hard, like, in like self-survey type, yeah, uh, assessment. Because uh, somebody asked the question once, and I, I like to repeat it. But uh, think about this one. if If eternal life was not promised, if there was no heaven, would you worship Jesus? And mm-hmm. I, my answer is inevitably yes, because he is God. But mm-hmm. I don't think that a lot of Christians could answer that honestly.
1: Yeah. I, I, so here's, here's the thing. I don't, I don't believe in Jesus to escape hell, right? It's not fire right. insurance. And right. I don't believe in Jesus to go to heaven. Like that's not my goal. I could care less of the location. I believe in Jesus because of what he's done for me, that he first loved me so that now I can love him. And I want right. to cherish that gift. I truly, I truly believe what happened on that cross is that when Isaiah says that it, it, it was the will of the Lord to crush him, yeah. he crushed my sin on that cross. And on the day of judgment, he's going to look at me and he's going to treat me as if I live Christ's life, a, a life I didn't live and a life I don't deserve and a salvation I don't deserve. Nope. And ultimately, all I care is that the creator of this world, the creator that made me is glorified. Because he's worthy of that of that honor.
0: That's good, man. I don't know what else. I, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing that I can <laughs> say to retort to that. That's. Uh, I think that's good. It's probably a good place to to kind of close out and think about. Uh, we've got about six minutes left in the in the hour long show. So let's uh, let's summarize real quick. So we both kind of we've talked about our backgrounds. It seems like so you would say around twenty. Would you say twenty sixteen? That uh, uh, that you yeah. went reformed wise. Oh, thanks, yeah. Paul. I appreciate that, brother. 2016, 2017. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man! Great comment. You guys are the
1: embodiment of Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Great show. I'm happy to add uh, to add it to my lineup of weekly lot, shows man. to watch. Thanks, man. That's huge, that's a, dude. It's a huge compliment. Yeah, and I, cool. I I just want to read the comments because I know some people only listen on like Spotify or yeah yeah
0: podcasts. for sure. Yeah, we appreciate that, man. Um So what yeah, do you think but, of my shirt idea? Yeah, I like the yeah. clump of cells idea. I think it's uh I like cuz there was a I listened to a woman who was dispelling the clump of cells argument and she said, "Well, I'm a clump clump of cells too." Yeah. You know, so it so what? We're all clumps of cells, you know. It mm-hmm. again it goes back to the value that why is, you know, why is my cat, I have three of them, why are they more valuable to me than somebody else's cat? You got three you know? cats? I have three hairless cats too. <laughs> you got three naked cats. I have three naked cats. <laughs> Peter Parker, Mary Jane, and ah! Harley Quinn. Oh man. Yep. And I have a dog named Gwen, so all of my all of my animals are, are comic book character names.
1: Nice.
0: Yep. From the Spider uh, Man series. Yes. Uh so yeah, I uh so around 2016, that's probably around the time that uh, – because then I saw Mark Driscoll fall after – did you watch any of the Mars Hill drama go on when Driscoll and his church fell? Uh, that was interesting. He was a big introduction for Reformed theology for a lot of people. Oh, I, I do want to add something about – I think this is important that we that, – that you guys know this. Reformed theology – is like it's always been the default setting of the Bible. Like I would agree. it wasn't until Jacob Arminius challenged scripture, challenged the idea of one saved, always saved an election that the, uh, that the church leaders during that time, during the uh, was it the canons of Dort that put it together mm-hmm. and created. Mm-hmm. So basically Calvinism became Calvinism in response to the doctrines of Arminius, who was challenging what people already believed, so they put it down on paper uh, and basically with their five points to contest against Arminius's objections. That's where we get Calvinism from. So it isn't. A lot of people will try to tell you, well, it, it you know, it's new. It's not, um, and uh, they'll try to, you know, twist the where it really comes from. I think people like, it's interesting for me to think like, okay, if Paul really truly had, if, if, if reform theology is true, then Paul really had this view of uh, election and predestination. And then you, when you start reading it in scripture and you, you continue to see the elect of God, the chosen of God, those that have been predestined, like it's everywhere. You can't unsee it anymore. It's there. So, Once it's
1: made known to you, you recognize, you you just recognize the sovereignty of God and you submit to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and not to say that there, so, I I mean, uh, Calvin had to fight against the Anabaptists, right? He had to, he had to, you know, write against them, he had to write against the libertines. but yeah, the default setting for the reformation was reformed theology, right? Cuz I obviously the Catholic Church had taken it and put their traditions above scripture and that's right. where you know we then established the five solas. Um, and
0: I mean which I have tattooed on my arm by the way. Do you? Yep. If sola I... Deo gloria, sola fide, okay. solus Christus, sola, sola scriptura. Sola Gracia, it, I think, is that all of them? I think yeah, I think that's all of them. Yeah. Yep, I got them tattooed on my, when I became Reformed, I was like, I want to remember all of these forever. Yeah. You are saved by grace alone, through Christ alone, by faith alone, and it is S- by S- scripture alone only that we know, that we can know that we're saved. Um, and know who God is yeah well, I think that'll be it to close it out. We're almost at an hour exactly, so why don't we uh go ahead uh final thoughts my my friend uh, and uh yeah
1: just like uh, you know if you guys came out today, come just give us a chance give us a couple more episodes before you decide to you know just remove us from your podcast list <laughs> thank you rissa
0: that's very sweet rissa thank you so much, and we really appreciate uh we hope that you guys enjoy this. Uh, doctrinesofrad at gmail.com if you have any questions at all if there is anything that you want us to cover to talk about any topics at all we will put the work in to do it so you can email us at Doctrines of rad at gmail.com. You can find us on TikTok, Doctrines of Rad. Find us obviously here on YouTube, Spotify. We got it. It's everywhere now. So uh, we love you guys. Thanks for coming and hang out, hanging out with us tonight. Uh, this will be posted live for you to listen to later, and uh, I'll be chopping it up for clips to put on the internet uh, as well. So God bless. We'll see you. Very nice. We like you. We love you. <laughs> see you later. <laughs>